The Chad Cobbick Podcast Network. Two Angry Men. A podcast featuring a legendary baseball player and a legendary sports broadcaster. Two Angry Men. And now here's your hosts, Chad Cobbick and Denny McLean. Once again, uh, two angry men get together for your pleasure and for your uh, sports relaxation. I'm Chet Kopik in Chicago, joined by Major League Baseball's last 30-game winner. He won 31 for the Bengals back in 1968, my good friend, uh, Denny McLean. You know what, uh, Brother Mac, I've always had a great deal of respect for Tony La Russa because I've always thought Tony appreciated the game, kept the game at the highest level. He goes and hires Mark McGuire, anybody but anybody who tells me, that the Cardinals want Mark McGuire is nuts. And my appreciation for Tony La Russa has dropped significantly. Well, you know, this is what, let me tell you what this is all about. If, if uh, anybody hasn't seen through this yet so far, this is all about the Hall of Fame. They're trying to present him to as many writers around the league, the people that do the voting. They're trying to put him in a position that he's Mr. Mark McGuire, the nice guy. And he really is a nice guy. But on the other hand, you know what? He did something terribly wrong. He lied to everybody. He lied to Congress. He, he deceived everybody. Um, he really hasn't admitted what he did yet. I mean, all he had to do was say he was sorry at one time. Now he's a mess. I mean, I don't think he's any more qualified for the Hall of Fame than Pete Rose is. And Pete, of course, being who he was, Pete should certainly still get some consideration. But, of course, unfortunately, he will never, ever get in the Hall of Fame either. But, McGuire, this is his end run. Mac, here's the thing. Chicago, casual media market. Motown, casual media market. Can you imagine what kind of a frenzy Mark McGuire, the batting coach, is going to cause the first time he goes into Shea with the Cardinals to play the Mets? I mean, the New York Post is going to come out armed with switchblades, for heaven's sakes. Well, you know, the the, the papers in New York, of course, are, are write a little bit differently than anybody else does. They're going to come in with both guns blazing. They're going to rip him from one end of his body to the other end of the body. But but you know what? I don't think it makes any difference. I think the bottom line simply is that uh, this is a giant mistake for the Cardinals. Real bad PR. Although if you're a Cardinal fan, you don't care. I mean, it's a big thing for a Cardinal fan, and maybe that's who that's all they're uh, attempting to cater to. But I still think, like I said earlier, it's a Hall of Fame act. Now, let me step back for one second. All of a sudden, you got Magic Johnson who gave women AIDS. You got Michael Vick who was killing dogs. And you got A-Rod who was screwing any broad that'll lay down that's got a guitar. What I don't understand is what the hell is going on with the game? A bad boy is supposed to be a b- and they're rewarding these guys. I don't quite get it. Um Magic, of course, I think was one of the most despicable human beings and uh, some of the most despicable conduct I've ever seen with this AIDS thing. Uh, I mean, that was totally irresponsible because he knew he had it. Uh, Michael Vick with the dogs. I mean, and A-Rod, of course. A-Rod, you know what? You know, and you've heard me say this. I think he's, he's, he's one of the greatest players of all time, number one. Number two, he's certainly the best player in baseball today. But, man, the guy's a whore. I mean, the guy just likes to take out his fun faucet and go chase those slap sockets, buddy. Hey, pal, uh, <laughs> this didn't begin two hours ago. Think about Mickey Mantle, the Shoreham mm-hmm. Hotel in Washington. It's legendary. Mm-hmm. Leading bands of New York Yankees on ledges trying to watch broads undress. So this didn't begin 20 minutes ago. Well, it wasn't on ledges, though. It was on the roof. <laughs> oh, oh, I apologize. <laughs> uh, you're, you're accepted. You know, listen, but back 
advan- you know, I, I don't mind, I don't, I don't mean to diminish what they did back then, but you know what? Back then it was the good old boys. They got a, uh, they got a case of beer. They went up on the roof and Mantle got crazy. And now I'm not sure if anybody on the Tigers did it. I, I, I suspect not. I mean, Midwest values are a little bit different than a drunken New York Yankee from the East Coast. Um, but, you know, it is what it is, and boys will be boys. And I, again, I'm not diminishing it because it was my daughter they were trying to see. I'd be livid. I'd probably go looking for him with a K-55 and whack him over the head. But uh, you know, it was a different time, and I don't think the I don't think the comparison is completely fair because when you start talking about guys with AIDS, guys who killed dogs, guys who lied to Congress. And the whore, the third baseman from the Yankees, I think that's different than just some guy parked on top of a roof looking in windows. All right, uh, we go back to 2005. Here is McGuire in front of the uh, House Government Reform Committee. When you hear this phrase, what goes through the boiling blood of Denny McLean? Here we go. I'm not here to talk about the past. I'm here to be positive about this subject. Literal translation, I'm guilty. But under the advice of my attorney, I'm not going to say a damn thing. And by the way, this is all going to blow up in my face. You're right. Uh, I, I, there isn't anybody in the country that was watching that uh, show that day that did not think that he was lying. Uh, I, I just, you know, I, I don't understand how the game, and let, let me take it one step further. I don't understand how the commissioner's office can even allow him to take a job in baseball. He lied on behalf of himself, the St. Louis Cardinals, and Major League Baseball on behalf of the commissioner. Now, we could take one more step further, and you know what? The commissioner knew it. The commissioner knew he lied. The commissioner knew he was guilty. Why didn't the commissioner react in some form? Where is the where is the federal government today with all of the investigations that were going? Remember the the, the big thing was well we're going to indict them all now for all the lying. Hell, they didn't even indict Pell Merrill for God's sakes for lying. So apparently the general public, as I've always said, they accept steroids. They accept the lies. They accept this kind of conduct. And if that's the way it is, who the hell are we to uh, worry about it? I mean, I got other things I got to worry about. I got to worry about the Detroit Lions ever winning another game before I die. <laughs> uh, by the way, of course, uh, two angry men, two uh, vengeful angry men brought to you by Cold Golden Budweiser, the king of bottled beers. Hey, nothing says fun like McLean, a copic, and Cold Golden Budweiser. <laughs> All right, my friend. Uh, by the way, Alex Rodriguez. Um, and by the way, one night, one night only, given my choice between uh, uh, Madonna or Kate Hudson, two of A-Rod's more notable conquests, even though she's got mileage, I'm going to go with Madonna because I'm convinced she's probably um, one of the most unique acrobats on the face of the earth. Listen, I uh, she's been a superstar all of her life. She's one of our Michigan girls from back here in the Warren, Michigan area. She has always done the right thing back here in Michigan. She spent a lot of money in charities and foundations back here in Michigan. She, as far as we're concerned, back in Michigan, she she is. You know, if if the word sainthood can be installed on her to some degree with some flexibility, <laughs> I think she's always done the right thing back here. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, listen, uh, you know, listen. She's no different than the 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 
the superstars in, in major sports. People want to be seen with superstars. Mm -hmm. Superstars are chased by the general public, whether they be men or women. And that's the nature. That's what makes this thing successful. That's why she makes how much a year? $46 million a year? That's pretty good walking around money. And I think she's earned every bit of it. She's reinvented herself more times than I've changed shorts in the last couple of years. So, I mean, and, and she's just a great entertainer. I don't care what they say about her. I don't care how many guys she slept with. The bottom line is she's a star, and we all pay attention when she's on that stage. All right, my friend, uh, Alex Rodriguez, back to A-Rod for a moment. Go back to the era of Mickey Mantle, Willie Mays, and the always overlooked Roberto Clemente. Inch for inch, pound for pound. Since the era of that remarkable trio I just mentioned, have you seen a better, more complete ball player than Alex Rodriguez? No. I'm telling you, he's the best baseball player in the major leagues today. And he not only is today, but he's been a while, too. Now that he's hitting in the postseason, it just personifies and redefines him as, as a player who can now play in October or maybe even November. Uh, but uh, no, no, you're absolutely 100% right. He is the best I've seen. Uh, you know, but we can't take away from now. Let's talk about value to a baseball team. Uh, incredible value because before he came back, they were really having tough times. I mean, they were upside down. Now, can the team also make great progress without the shortstop? Jeter, I don't think so. But those two guys in the same lineup, I mean, listen, if you're going to start with two guys in Major League Baseball, forget the pitchers. If you're going to start with two guys to make a nucleus for you, this is number one and number two. All hands down, nobody nobody close to these two guys. You know, my friend, uh, you can lecture ad nauseum about this. Baseball tradition says every clubhouse has the man, the one guy who more or less, you know, rules the fiefdom. Chicago for years, it was Sammy Sosa, as you know. He had that freaking boombox, drove his teammates crazy. Eventually, you know, Kerry Wood uh, took a bat out and uh, smacked the damn thing into uh, Lake Michigan. When When you were playing, for example, when you won 31 in 68, were, were you the so-called man? Well, I think to some degree. I mean, because the media followed me everywhere. I mean, it followed me into the latrine, and I didn't have a whole lot to brag about. Um, but I will tell you that when you're going very, very, very well, there's always a crowd around your locker. But you got to be going well. You can't be having a 500 season. Or you're just the most miserable SOB in the world, and they just want to talk to you to try to get some sensationalism with, with a, with a uh, comment. Um, you know, it, the game produces great moments, whether it be baseball, football, basketball, whatever it is. And if it wasn't for the players... Where the hell would all the chutzpah be? Where would, where would all the excitement be? And thank God that today the players, you know, there for a long time, my friend, their players really became quiet. They weren't speaking up. They weren't screaming. We had no characters. Now we got some more characters. We got, we got Ramirez. We got a bunch of guys like him now, guys that pop off. Look at the shortstop with the uh, Phillies the other night, Howard. Uh, he popped off. Hell, we're going to beat the Dodgers. I mean, he issued the challenge on the field. How many times have you heard? that before so guys are taking more control of, of what uh, they think the public wants to hear and i think the public loves it i think they just love hearing a guy say well we're just going to kick the hell out of the yankees and you know what uh based upon what i've seen so far uh ladies and gentlemen the phillies are the world series champions again this year all right uh, pride and joy of uh, mount carmel high school in chicago i want to change gears 
Knowing full well you're a big football fan, you live and die with the Lions, probably still live and die with the Bears. You realize this game has become so violent. I'm so disappointed with my Bears. Go ahead. This game has become so violent. This game is played by people who are way too big. I mean, there's something perverse about 340-pound offensive linemen who wind up with uh, arthritis by the time they're 37 years old. If I told you that in 8 to 10 years, the game of football as we know it right now will not be played, would you say maybe there's a chance, or would you say copic, get immediate couch therapy? You mean won't be played? You mean the game would be gone? No, no, the game will still be played. But, for example, the helmet-to-helmet contact at the point of attack, Denny, I'm yeah. telling you, we're going to reach a time where offensive and defensive linemen are only allowed to use their hands in the name of safety. It's going to happen, I guarantee you. Uh, I mean, there. Listen, when a 350-pound guy can run a four-five-forty, you know that the game has gone to the next level and it's dangerous. You're absolutely right. Uh, but that's the game today. That that is where they want them. They want them to run the four-five-forty. They want them to be able to a 375-pound tackle to run the length of the field and actually keep up with most of the guys. That's the name name of the game. And you know. Here, let, let's get back to when you and I played high school football. What did each coach say? Kill him! Kill him! Kill him! Well, I don't think you ever lose that attitude in a football game. I think when Dick Butkus stood on the field or whomever it might be, you want to kill the guy coming across the line. Not, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you don't want to put him in a grave, but you want to hurt him. You want him taken out of the game. And nobody who plays the game can say that they don't want to put the guy out of the game when they hit him. That's, that's the mission. The mission is to hit him so hard that he doesn't realize in what city he is currently in. All right, so how many times over the years, because you were angry, maybe it's August, twenty-nine doubleheader, 95 degrees outside, you're burned up, you're down a couple of runs, you've given up a dinger, whatever the case may be. You ever deliberately take aim at a guy and say, you know what, I, I don't want to just back this guy off or tattoo his rib cage. I want to leave this guy on Queer Street. Well, Sure. I mean, listen, uh, when I played the 60s, 70s, I mean, it's not unusual to knock a guy down a couple of times per game. A guy who's beaten you up pretty good or, or the last game or the last series, somebody knocked down one of your guys. I mean, we were very protective. All teams are protective of their stars. Um, I can tell you one quick story. Uh, Boog Powell. Boog Powell used to hit me so bad. And don't ask me why, because he was a lifetime 260 hitter. <laughs> but I could not make a good pitch to the booger. The booger just, all he had to do was stand in the box and every fastball to the previous hitter that I threw on the black low and away or up and in around the letters, I couldn't find those spots when Booger was in the box. So what happened? Booger started racketatting me like you just can't imagine. So finally in the 68 season, and I still think this is the reason we won the pennant in the World Series, when uh, we had a big series around three quarters of the way through the season, and I just made up my mind. I said, Booger is not going to beat me today. I'm going to knock him on his big fat ass, and he's just going to sit there. He's going to poop in his pants. So what did I do? And I wanted to hit him. I wanted to send a message. So what did I do? I threw a fastball that ran in on his hands and broke his hand, and he was out the rest of the season. We won the pennant. Uh, I was never disappointed that I broke his hand because this son of a bitch used to beat the hell out of me. But on the other hand, I, I was uh, had a little bit remorse because I didn't really mean to hurt him. I didn't care if he played against somebody else. But, man, this guy just ripped me. He killed me. He, everything he hit was a line drive. As a matter of fact, one of the most famous plays in the history of the Tigers in 68, he started. I had men on first and second, nobody out. It's the first or second inning of the ball game, third inning. 
and we're ahead two to one or three to two, whatever it is. It's another typical day with me against Baltimore. Uh, and I throw the first pitch to Boog Powell, one of these fastballs right down the middle. He hits a line drive as hard as, as hard of a ball as ever hit back at me. I caught it just above my, uh, my, uh, private parts my nuts actually, and caught the ball, turned and threw the second, and they threw the first base. It was a triple play. That's what you call getting out of an inning. And uh, But he's the one, and then after that is when I hit him because, man, he scared the poo-poo out of me. Um, the next time up, I hit him, and he was gone for the season. That's the reason we won the pennant that year. My man, you hit my hero. You hit Isaac, Luke Powell. Guy. I'm telling you, go do a dozen Hail Marys right now. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and forever. Amen. I'd hit him again. <laughs> it's it's good to see you mellowed after all these years. Absolutely. Listen, one other cute little story here. The quarterback for the New York Jets, what the hell is this guy's name? Mark Sanchez. Oh, he, Mark he, Sanchez. He, Did he, you hear he, what he's doing? He I mean, first of all, he eats a hot dog in the sidelines, which is which is some of the most unprofessional conduct I've ever seen. I mean, just... You know, I mean, it's it's Bush. It really is Bush League. Maybe that tells you something about the kid's character. Now, he now today announces in New York or the other day in New York that he's now going to buy 500 hamburgers and 500 hot dogs for uh, kids in a charity institution or something like that. Excuse me, 500 hot dogs at a bucket piece and 500 hamburgers at a bucket piece? What is he, the cheapest son of a bitch that ever walked the face of the earth? Come on, spend some money. Put some money up there that they can eat hot dogs and hamburgers every week, 50 times a year. They're not eating, the, you know, uh, filet mignon from Morton's, for God's sakes. Hey, Morton should sponsor this show, too, and give us some free food. You know, they really should. Morton's, uh, Morton's the place for steaks. They should really be sponsoring this program. By the way, hey, back to Sanchez. You yeah. know full well. Come on, Denny. That wasn't the kid's idea. That was either his agent's idea or the ball club's idea to make this big, magnanimous gesture, which, as you said, is full-blown crap. Absolutely. It's just it's just like you've heard me talk about, God, I hate to beat up in the sky again tonight, but we have Brandon Inch here. Every time he goes out to make an, an appearance somewhere at a hospital, at an orphanage, or whatever the hell he's going, all of a sudden, my God, the cameras are here. You people weren't supposed to be here. Well, we all know what that game is. It's show my face, show my face, show my face, because I want to make more money. I want to I want to be loved. And he keeps doing this. Now, let me move on to somebody who is, I am so upset with today. I was a huge Andre Agassi fan. What is this crystal meth going on here what the hell is going on what do we know about this this guy was using listen if he used crystal meth once or twice or for a season he used it a lot longer than that and my other question is what drugs did he use before he started using crystal meth because i don't think anybody in the world starts on crystal meth do they no no denny tennis has always been about the glitterati about south beach about the beauty of paris barcelona center court at wimbledon I remember Vitas Gerolitis, good buddy of mine, was a major cocaine user. Here's, here's what kills me about the story. When Agassi tested positive back in 97, yeah. there was nobody to suspend Andre Agassi. And the fact is, given the fact that he was the only male attraction tennis really had, except maybe for Sampras, there was no way on God's earth they were going to suspend Andre Agassi. So here is Andre Agassi. Now, part of me admires this guy. Denny, he's raised a fortune. For children, yep. needy children out in Las Vegas, Nevada. He's got a beautiful restaurant 
you know, he uh, was married to Brooke Shields, now married to uh, Steffi Graf. Here is what I don't get. Now, you, you've written a couple of splendid books about yourself, one of which, you know, nobody's perfect, in my opinion, is a brilliant read. Why, why does Agassi, all of a sudden, 12 years after the fact, feel the need to put down in print that he used crystal meth? I mean, he doesn't need the advance. All he's doing is tarnishing his own legacy. All Wrong. he's doing is lining himself up for, you know, the, the Leno show and the Letterman show. It's, yeah. it's stupidity on his part. You're wrong. Absolutely. Nobody makes that statement. Nobody comes that clean unless they need the money, my friend. So probably the advance was somewhere between $20,000 without this in the book and a half a million with it in the book. Oh, That's I think you're difference. way low. I think you're way, way low. Uh, well, you think he got more than a half a million dollars? With this if revelation about crystal meth, I wouldn't be surprised if he got $1.5 Let me also say this to you. How do we know it's true? I mean, how do we know it's true? Maybe he did this just to throw a little salt into the book. Uh, you know, we don't know if it's really true. Who else can s tell us that he actually did this? There's got to be some, he, you know, he names his drug dealer as Slim. Slim who? <laughs> oh, a guy taking meth is certainly going to be Slim. Uh, you know, I don't get it. I, I think it's a, a disgrace for him to... Listen, it rubs off on his wife. It rubs off on his kids. It, it, um, you know, I don't, there's no value to it unless, you know, like you may be right. Maybe you got a million. Maybe you got two million. Um, you know, I, I, I just can't believe it. I can't believe he made these kind of statements. And I'm sorry. I mean, as much as he said it, I just think it was thrown in the book. And, and I think, I really believe, I think he's been shocked at the reaction because, man, I'll tell you, he's been condemned by everybody. My man, we have rocked, we have rolled. Uh, what do you say now we uh, stop off for a cold, golden Budweiser? How does that sound to uh, a 31-game winner? Well, you know, outside of a woman wanting to make love to a 22-game loser, the Bud sounds good. <laughs> he is Denny McLean. One of a kind, I'm Chet Kopic. Uh One of a kind, but still undetermined. And we will catch you again uh, next Wednesday with a brand-new podcast. Stay with us, Two Angry Men. So long, everybody.